0: Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B93, B97 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime online at kwxx.com. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken.
1: Aloha, welcome to Island Conversations, now brought to you each week on KWXX, B93, B97, and KPUA in Hilo, and posted for anytime listening at kwxx.com. After 15 years elsewhere, I am so delighted to be a member of the KWXX family. I'm your host, Sherry Bracken. The county charter is the county's constitution and establishes the basic framework for how Hawaii County should operate. The charter was authorized by the state legislature, and our county's first charter became effective in 1969, 50 years ago. It's required by the initial charter that a charter review be done every 10 years. Typically, such a review results in amendments to the charter on which we will vote. Today, we'll talk with the volunteer chair of the county charter commission and learn about some of the amendments on which we may vote in 2020 and about public hearings coming up on the matter and how you, as a citizen, of this county may have input and where to learn more. I'm joined today by the chair of the charter commission attorney Douglas Shipman Adams who also does a lot of volunteer work in the community. He served 22 years in the army after graduating from West Point and also is vice chair of WH Shipman in addition to his work as an attorney. Aloha Doug.
0: Aloha Sherry.
1: So Doug start us off I've talked about the county charter am I more or less correct in what I said about it?
0: Yes, that was very well stated, thank you.
1: Perfect, well it was actually in the charter itself, so it was very easy to find. And now your role as the charter commission, you're one of several members. 11 members. 11 members. So let's go there first. Who is on the charter commission and how do they get there?
0: The members currently are Jennifer Zelko Schluter, who is with HELCO. Um, we have Paul Hamano. We have Dr. Billy Bergen from the Kohala area, as well as Kit Rorick. And then we have Michelle Galimba from Ka'u, uh, the head of Kau'ihibi Ranch. Kevin Hopkins, a professor here at University of Hawaii at Hilo. Sally Rice, Marcy Sakeen, who is the executive director for the Hawaii Island Adult Care activity, and then Donna Springer out of Pune. And most people know Bobby Jean, Lead Head Todd, um, a former council member. And as we were saying at our last meeting, probably somebody who's had more activities more jobs with the county than anybody ever so
1: well I know she has County Council member Corporation Council head of Department of Environmental Management for a while
0: department of planning as well yeah
1: I mean you're right A lot of experience
0: I mean exactly and so I should say um, you didn't ask the question but it is something that I'm very grateful for and proud of is that you take a look at the folks that we have on the Commission the folks that were provided to us by the mayor's office um, but also i know that the mayor's office went to council members to get their help in identifying folks to be on this particular commission is this is a really good crew of folks i'm really happy that we have the variety of experiences, as well as, of course, the geographic variety, but really quite a variety of experiences. uh, And that has lent itself to really good conversations, I think, on the commission.
1: Well, I think that's good. I think that what you're doing on the Charter Commission is really challenging work, and it requires real dedication. So thanks to you and all the members for doing that.
0: And the way folks are chosen is that in the charter, actually in statute, I believe, there's a requirement that there be An individual from the six districts, and the six districts are Kona, so it's not south and North Kona, it's Kona, and then Kohala, so north-south becomes Kohala, Hamakua, Hilo, which combines the two of those, uh, Puna, and then Kau. So those six districts... You have to have on the 11 member commission, someone from each of those districts.
1: Well, so that's interesting because typically boards and commissions have a member from each county council district, but this is organized a little differently.
0: It is. When they came up with the districts, of course the county council districts, after the, it was another charter amendment to say that we're gonna do this redistricting. So council districts can change. The identification of the districts themselves as a part of the island, those have stayed standard. I mean, you, you can drive around the island and see those. they're not changing those road signs.
1: Right. What basically is the responsibility of the Charter Commission?
0: So the Charter Commission's responsibility is to take a look at the charter as it currently exists. So the 2016 initially, and then after the election in 2018, when two charter amendments were approved by the voters, then the 2018 charter. And so our responsibility is to look at it from A to Z, Alpha to Omega, all that kind of stuff. And so we're doing that on our own based on our experience at looking at these kinds of documents, some of which have more than others. We also are listening to the departments as well as the members of the public. We had the chair of the county council come speak to us and then of course the mayors come to speak to us as well. So all of those inputs help us take a look at, is the charter doing what it's supposed to be doing now? But frankly, more importantly, is it doing what we think it's going to need to be doing in 10 and 20 years? Because this charter doesn't get changed all that much. It's very difficult to do that. And, and the idea is, is that we have been given this opportunity, as the previous charter commissions have done, to look at our founding document our foundation document if you will for county government
1: so what has been your process how do you go from charter commission group of people gets lots of input where do the actual amendments come from on which we will vote in 2020
0: this is the part that um, has been a little bit fun for me which is we're like legislators Um, the only way that proposals get onto the commissions agenda is a commissioner proposes it so we've provided the proposal framework um, template if you will to each of the commissioners and then they have the opportunity to take a look at the charter as it exists or if there's something that's not in the charter that they would like to see in the charter um, then they have the opportunity to provide that information in the proposal and we we then include it on the agenda. Um, as the chair, I have the, the prerogative to say yes or no, but I say yes, because the idea is to make sure that we take a look at what the proposals are for this foundation document for the county. So once we do that, then we have the opportunity to hear it. It's presented by that particular commissioner typically, and we vote once. For initial approval if a proposal gets through that process of the initial approval it then shows up on the our next regularly scheduled meeting agenda for first approval and then once it hits first or approval it will come then to the public hearings which we will hold starting on march 25th in the six districts around the island
1: okay so to what degree, well, if any, does the public have the opportunity to propose a charter amendment? If I wanted one, if I thought, for example, Department of Water Supply, there's been discussion about whether they should have a different form of governance. If I thought that as a citizen, could I propose it to you or does it have to come from one of you guys? And how would that work for the public?
0: So the proposals themselves come from the commissioners, but the commissioners can take information from anyone. So not dissimilar to state legislature or our own county council, the members of those bodies actually put the proposals forward. They put the legislation forward, but they get help from members of the public a lot of the times. So we have over 500 pieces of communication so far since we started in July from members of the public and departments and lots and lots of places and some of those have been with suggested amendments to the charter whether they're deletions or um, you know full-fledged hey we need to add this department kind of idea so then it becomes up to the commissioners to decide do are these important enough that I want to actually write this up and include this
1: You mentioned public hearings. I know they come up starting Monday, March 25th. The first one is in Kohala at the old courthouse, and then the following Friday, March 29th, in Na'alehu at Na'alehu Community Center.
0: And so we're going to start the meetings at 5 p.m. You're correct. The first one will be in Kohala at the old courthouse building in um, Kapa'au, and then by the King Kamehameha statue. And then uh, the one on Friday will be at Na'alehu. And then we have... Friday, March 29th. That's right. And then the first one in April, I believe that's the first.
1: April 1st, Monday, it's at Pahoa Community Center. And then on Tuesday, April 2nd, Honoka'a Gym. April 3rd, Kona Council Chambers. April 4th, Hilo Council Chambers. But you're saying they're all at 5 o'clock. All
0: at 5 p.m. They'll all start at 5 p.m. And the public notice for this will now come out this week.
1: Okay. And by the way, to our listeners... All of this information is on the Hawaii County website. So you can just click on HawaiiCounty.gov and find Charter Commission, right, Doug?
0: Absolutely. Okay,
1: and then all of this information will be there. Where I
0: go to get my information.
1: Okay. Now, question Are all the commissioners required to attend the public hearings?
0: They're all um, asked, they're all invited to attend them. Um, I think that the plan is that all will, I think all are planning to attend them. That was how, why we set it up that way. If for some reason someone can't, that won't mean that we won't hold it, obviously, but all are planning to attend.
1: Okay. And then just a practical question, does the public input, do the public hearings, does it make any difference at all to the commissioners and what they may ultimately decide to do as far as creating the final amendments that appear on our ballot in 2020?
0: So as a listener, I've heard that question asked um, by you and by other moderators to politicians in the past. I'm not a politician, interestingly enough. I'm a citizen, and all the members of the commission are citizens. And so we really, I have heard uh, commissioners during our discussions over the last eight months, I guess now, nine months, say specifically, I'm interested to hear what the members of the public are gonna say about this. So yes, they are definitely interested in what's gonna be the feedback on the proposals that have been made so far to the extent that we changed the date of our regularly scheduled meeting in april so that if there's feedback that come from these public hearings we'll be able to incorporate that into our april meeting
1: okay when will the actual amendments be
0: finalized that's a complicated question so can (laughs) i walk you through that briefly
1: briefly (laughs) okay
0: so we have to provide the amendments the proposed amendments to the County Council by the end of June June 26 is our date the County Council then has the has about a month to turn around and say we like these or here's some alternatives they don't have the authority to change what we provided to them but their review is we want you to look at these alternatives if they have alternatives and then the Charter Commission has another 30 days then if there are alternatives to determine what it's going to do and then they can change the amendments based on the alternatives or not and then at that point those that's when they go final at the end of august or sometime in august when we provide them to the county clerk
1: and that would be august of 2019
0: august of 2019
1: okay when do we vote on these
0: currently the a normal date would be in November of 2020.
1: Okay, so November 3rd, 2020. So we vote in the general election on these proposed amendments, whatever they are, to the county charter, not in the primary on August 8th, 2020.
0: That's right. Okay. Although everyone that stayed till the bitter end on our March 8th meeting would have heard that one of the agenda items at our April meeting is going to be do we want to consider bringing that election forward, meaning earlier? And we have the authority by statute to call a special election to consider these. And in fact, it has been done once before in 1979. They actually didn't wait to hold the charter amendment elections, the consideration of those ballot measures in 1980. They actually held it in 1979. And so the council, uh, the uh, commission has the authority to do that. We're going to have a conversation about does that make sense? There are some things to consider but it hasn't hit the agenda yet, but we had a conversation about putting it on the agenda in April.
1: You know, it's an interesting thing. We have great voter registration percentage here in Hawaii County, and we typically have really pretty bad turnout, which is disappointing for those of us who believe that voting is a fundamental right and privilege and really requirement to be a member of this society. It's said that because of all the contention nationally that we'll probably have good turnout, maybe better turnout in the elections in 2020 my two cents i'd hate to see you hold a special election just because you can only get people to get out and vote so much but also what's the cost of doing a special election have you figured that out yet
0: i haven't figured that out yet that will be something that the staff would need to come to us with including the election officials at the county and there are a variety of options out there. Do you have a full scale election? Do you do all mail ballots? Hmm. All those things are open for conversation. Um, Part of the reason that I think that we would think about doing the special election is so that we don't, it's gonna be 15 to 16 months between the time we finished the ballot measures and the time we'd actually vote on them. That's a long time.
1: It is. It is. Yeah, that's an interesting set of things to think about because you're right, it would be a long time. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations, and I'm your host, Sherry Bracken, here at my new broadcast home at New West Broadcasting. Island Conversations is on the radio every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on KWXX. That's 94.7 FM in East Hawaii and 101.5 FM in West Hawaii. And at 7 a.m. on b 97one in East Hawaii and B93.1 in West Hawaii. Island Conversations will also air on KPUA AM 670 on the east side of the island during the week and available for anytime listening online at kwxx.com and at b97hawaii.com. Today we are talking with Doug Adams. He's chair of the Hawaii County Charter Commission and we're going to talk about how you as a citizen can have input, but I also urge you to take a look at the Charter Commission information online at hawaiicounty.gov. Go to the Community tab and then go to Boards and Commissions and click on the Charter Commission folder. To get the schedule for the upcoming public hearings, look at the calendar. That's also where you will find information about all of the charter amendment proposals. Next week, my guests are scheduled to be the two Puna County Council members, Ashley Kirkowitz and Matt Kianali'i Kleinfelder. Now let's get back to our conversation with the Hawaii County Charter Commission Chair, Doug Adams. I do want to talk about some of the 27 charter amendments that have been proposed, not all of which will go forward. But at some point, does the Charter Commission plan to put something online for people to read about the rationale behind the charter amendment, the pros and cons for each proposed amendment, something that would help people with the decision process?
0: In the past, charter commissions, they have provided a pamphlet, relatively small, trifold pamphlet that's identified what the ballot measures are and have included the impact of those ballot measures. So we'll do something similar to that, clearly. The idea of having pros and cons is an issue. Yes, I'm smiling at Sherry right now trying to figure out how I say this. There's an issue of Are we the right ones to do that? So, for example, you have organizations, wonderful organizations, like League of Women Voters, for example, that do that kind of work to help the voters understand what they're looking at and are considered neutral parties. Some can make the argument that if we're proposing these ballot amendments, are we, in fact, a neutral party because we voted to have them put on the ballot? We might be advocates, some people would say. So the idea is people might not take what we say or the cons on these things and believe us. So that's why I think others that are in the business of identifying pros and cons on ballot measures will be it'll be helpful to see some of those as well. We will clearly make sure that we identify the rationale for why they are on the ballot. That's important so that the voters understand that.
1: Hopefully in plain English because one of the things that happens as you know a lot of times in these kind of documents is the wording is so challenging to understand. It's like you're not really sure what they're saying. You haven't done that yet, but I've seen that in other states, certainly. So let's talk about a few of the amendments that have been proposed that seem to be going forward. By the way, I want to mention some of the charter amendments as proposed now to me seem to be, I would just say, pro forma. they are changes in wording, they are changes in titles, something that seems to be not super important. So I'm going to sort of skip over those kinds of things, unless Doug, you think they're important. But the first one is Charter Amendment 2, equal number of council meetings in West Hawaii and East Hawaii. This is going to public hearing. It's already in the council rules. Why would it be mandated in the charter?
0: We felt that it was important to establish that this is an entire island and that the council represents the entire island. And so we had some comments from the council that they would support something like this, but currently the charter says, I think it's once a quarter or something like that. It's not an equal amount of times. And so in our drafting, we had a variety of ways of saying this, but the idea is let's make sure that the charter, which is, you can can always go to a variety of things, ordinances, you can go to the rules. They're all going to be important. They're all gonna have the force or effect of law. The charter is the place where we say None of that. You can't change it. This is what we the people are saying. We want it to be on both sides of the island.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask about one which actually failed to get initial approval. Initial Charter Amendment 3 was to propose a Climate Change Resiliency Commission. And given that climate change is a big deal, why did that fail, do you think?
0: So this is the part where I say all opinions that I express are my own and do not represent the commission. Okay. And the reason I say that and not Half facetiously is when things are either voted on or they're voted against, meaning voted down and don't make it past either initial approval or first reading, are a variety of reasons that commissioners are voting on those things. So when we say that the commission failed, the facts are that the Department of Research and Development already has a responsibility to manage this. Part of the conversation was about the cost involved in establishing a commission who runs it where's the money going to come from to do that and is that going to be more effective than what we currently already have existing that is already running these things down and so whether or not those factors were the ones that Uh, made the difference, I don't know, but I can say that those were part of the items of discussion.
1: As I looked at some of these charter amendments, I had questions in my own mind about other things, and the next one, in fact, charter amendment four amends the powers of the director of research and development to include research and coordination of county response to complex issues that require planning and coordination across departments, and I was wondering, don't they do that now, or do they do that now, and is it extra staff? Why that?
0: Um, I think part of the background for anything that you see changed in departments has to do with what they look at when they are looking at what they're supposed to do but it's also in relationship to the rest of the departments that exist and so when this particular one says that they have a responsibility to integrate the departments conversations about these particular things that they're supposed to do that's indicating to the other departments hey this is responsibility of this department as well so it lays it out for everybody in the county government to understand we're making a small change here it has to do with who has ownership of this
1: One of the big topics of discussion that has gotten a lot of public testimony is all about the open space fund. It's called Ponc, P O N C fund and Maintenance Fund. And these are monies that come right now, two percent I believe, set aside out of our existing property taxes, not additional, to pay for purchase of open space. And there's a few amendments that relate to that. One to add a staff person to manage it within the county finance department. One establishes a base amount for awards to stewardship organizations that will handle ongoing maintenance. There's another one that allows purchase of easements over land to allow access to open space and allows the county to use the power of eminent domain. Do you want to talk about any of those?
0: Sure. The last two I'll speak to first because they're the most recent in my memory on this. The one that had to do with easement and eminent domain, which was Charter Amendment 27, actually was amended at our meeting of March 8th so that the power of eminent domain, which of course exists already as a power of the state, that didn't need to be in the charter was ultimately the decision of the amendment that was made to this particular proposal. The idea of easement, of course, acquisition of easements is already included in the charter. What this particular amendment does is it emphasizes the idea of using that because it can potentially be less expensive and you're using potentially less land in that acquisition. There was a lot of conversation about that. There was a lot of correspondence that we received on that. If I'm sure of anything, I'm quite sure that we will hear from the public on that particular proposal during the public hearings. Also, the identification of a staff member for the PONC Maintenance Fund. The idea was, let's use the funding that we're receiving from the certified real property taxes to pay for a staff person whose position and responsibilities are focused on running the punk fund itself. So there's two sections and two places where the money goes. So two percent of our real property taxes on an annual basis goes to a fund that's designed to acquire property, easements, that kind of stuff. And then there is a separate section where there's 0.25 percent of the real property taxes and that's to maintain those funds so the idea is we're gonna take funding from the 0.25 percent fund pay for someone whose primary responsibility in charter now is to do that not everybody's excited about doing that we actually had to walk through a variety of concerns that the department had Um, I should also point out that one of the things that one of the proposals does that most folks seem to be um, accepting of is transferring administration of the public access, open space, natural resources fund to the Department of Finance from the Department of Parks and Recreation. And so that staff member would be a, a member of the Department of Finance with the focus being on running this fund and all the items associated with that. Finally, the impact on providing a certain amount or a percentage of the funds to the stewardship groups that are in large part responsible for helping us maintain these public lands that have been purchased using these funds, that particular portion of the amendment actually was taken out. So there is not a percentage that is designated by charter for that now
1: so say that again that last part
0: so the last part is is that one of the things you talked about and that had been in the initial portion of proposal 18 was the identification i think the percentage was something like 70 percent of the real property tax funds would be set aside for provision to stewardship groups that portion was taken okay
1: Because I know there's also been discussion at one point the Charter Commission was considering reducing the amount of property taxes allocated to the Open Space Fund. That caused a lot of public consternation. Putting the Open Space Fund under finance, did the finance director agree with that?
0: the information that we received from the Department of Finance was is that they'd be willing to accept that responsibility.
1: Okay, good. Well if Deanna Sacco says something, I I trust that woman completely. She's an excellent finance director. So I want to ask about something that came up I think fairly recently. It was on the agenda for March eighth, and that is an amendment to establish a disaster and emergency fund taking one percent of property taxes up to twenty million dollars and put it in a disaster fund for the mayor to use. And I'm sorry the member who proposed that Bobby Jean Leed had taught is not with us today because I'm curious why is that a good thing to do? The county already has disaster funds. There's I won't use the term slush funds. There's rainy day funds. There's funds that the mayor can use for emergency. Why is this one important? Do you know?
0: Again. I go back to the phrase I used earlier, this is just my opinion on these because each commissioner will have their own perspective on why they vote or not vote for this, although I think we had a unanimous vote on this particular proposal. In the discussion that Bobby Jean made, we took a look at what's happened not just this last year but over the last, you know, half decade or more in terms of the impacts that natural disasters in particular have had on our county and our ability to continue to work with the state and to work with the federal government. And from my perspective, we have not necessarily been made whole to the extent that there's a making of us whole by the federal government or the state government. And so we have to then look to ourselves as a county to take care of some of these things, especially immediately. And I think part of the idea was, yes, there was a ordinance that says, if I state this correctly, Quarter of a million dollars has to be put into a, this natural disaster fund each year. The access to that is also ordinance based, and the decision on when to get it. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money, except when you are trying to come back from lava flows and earthquakes and floods and you know huge rainstorms. Then it becomes not a huge amount of money. And so, the idea of creating in charter something that says, we need to have this fund so that we can take care of our citizens who are, we're all living together on this island, gorgeous and beautiful, and God-given as it is, we also know that with that comes the fact that it's a growing island. And in its growth, things happen. And where we are in the middle of the ocean, things happen. And so the idea of having a fund that is supportive of, taking care of ourselves is, I think, part of the reason why it came up and why right now it continues to be something that will go forward to public hearing for the public to talk to us about.
1: You, Doug Adams, proposed one to say that signers of a recall petition, if they're trying to remove an elected official, must include the last four digits of the Social Security. And your proposal is to take out that requirement. Why?
0: Actually, that came from our Department of Elections. There's no requirement for Social Security. As a matter of fact, you're not supposed to require Mm -hmm. Social Security numbers anymore. And so the idea is we need to take that out of the charter as well.
1: A lot of the things here that you've proposed, not you personally, but everybody, are, as I said, in my view, pro forma things, you know, correcting wording, changing a title, obviously following the law. (laughs) That's Uh, really important. And
0: some of these things you would think, well, that's pretty simple. Why are we doing this? Or why hasn't it been done before? And... There's a variety of reasons for that. But our responsibility is to take a look at the charter as it currently is. And if something needs to be fixed, if you will, because other things have changed, then now's the time for us to do it.
1: Yeah, there's another one in there that allows for disciplining a council member who decides not to show up and do their job. And clearly this is based on what happened in the last council session with the council member from Puna. So I think people, when they start reading these amendments, And let me just say that it's worthwhile to go to the Charter Commission website to look at those amendments. It actually is really easy. Once you get there, if you click on the amendment, it will actually take you to why the commissioner proposed it, what the new wording is. And a lot of it makes a great deal of sense once you read it. And since these public hearings are coming up starting on March 25th, I really urge folks to do that. Before we say aloha, Doug Adams, chair of the Charter Commission, what would you like to add?
0: I think that the work that the Charter Commission does is on behalf of all the citizens of the county. I think that's the important thing for us to recognize. I know that the commissioners that we have on this one recognize that. We oftentimes can be thought of as these folks that are sitting behind this dais up there, and and we have all the folks that are coming from the public that are coming to talk to us or the departments that are coming to talk to us, and then we just talk amongst ourselves and It can seem like what are they doing and why should we care and the reason that I care and I hope that others care care enough to actually take a look at this and come to your own opinion is that regardless of anything else that we are doing the ultimate deciders are the voters so this charter belongs to the voters and we are simply representatives of the voters that's why we're citizens nobody on this commission is an elected official right? We are all appointed by the mayor. We cannot be, by statute, an elected official. So we are just citizens like everybody else. Our vote will count as much as everybody else, and their votes will count as much as ours. This is all dependent on what the voters decide when these actually show up at the, whatever the election is that they'll show up at. This is the public's, the citizens' charter that lays out the organizational infrastructure for the next 10 to 20 years. So when we talk about lots of other kinds of infrastructure. This is the organizational documentation that allows us to be able to do that.
1: Doug Adams, Hilo attorney, volunteer chair of the Hawaii County Charter Commission. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Aloha.
0: Sherry, aloha. Thank you so much for allowing us to have this conversation about the Charter Commission, the People's Charter.
1: I'm Sherry Bracken. This is Island Conversations. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. I'll see you next week for another Island Conversations. Go to kwxx.com for more. Until next week, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. A hui ho.
0: Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by New West Broadcasting.